You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode 19. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. This is episode 19, and I am your host, David Michael, and I'm excited for you to join us today on this episode of the podcast, where our primary topic is going to be shifting from being a good DJ to being a great DJ. So what can we do to become great DJs? Before we get into that, just wanted to go over a couple of things real quick. Um, we, We talked a few episodes ago about the stems file format which is now available and is being adopted by uh, dj equipment manufacturers and such um and is being uh supported by you know stores like beatport and and other uh, digital outlets um which basically uh, if you recall is kind of this along the same lines if you're familiar with remix sets where you've got multiple different parts that you can control uh, parts of a song that you can control the volume and independently and add effects to and so on stems is kind of the same thing but rather than triggering loops that play over and over again you've got four pieces of the same song they're all song length and when they're all put together they make one song but you can control say the volume of an acapella or some hi-hats or however they've broken up the parts of the song into these four pieces, a bass line or whatever, can affect and control the volume and so on of each individual part. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, I'm kind of excited to play with this because I'm a Control S8 user, and uh, it's uh, it's almost like that thing was designed to do this. So it'd be fun to play with and give it a whack. And I'm thinking about maybe... Uh, doing a video or something to post for the passionate DJ audience to kind of give my thoughts on that and where I think that's headed and if I think that I might make use of it in my own DJ sets. So pretty cool stuff. Um, Another cool thing I wanted to announce to everybody. Now, so far, only people on the passionate DJ VIP list have any idea about this. But so in 2013, when passionate DJ first started, I think it was around June... I made an ultimate guide, which if you go to passionatedj.com and click on ultimate guides, you'll see a couple of them. There's, uh, they're basically kind of my core, just really big in-depth articles, my pillar posts, you might say. So they're, um, you know, they've got like 5,000 plus words and images and all kinds of stuff. Um, and they're more than just the, uh, you know, the regular article that you might read every week on Passionate DJ, uh, really goes in depth into one particular topic. And so one of them was my ultimate guide to DJ controllers and how that worked was I had basically chosen, uh, based on different sets of criteria, the top five controllers in different price brackets. So you had like the premium level controllers, the mid-grade kind of bang-for-buck controllers, and then the budget entry-level stuff for people just getting started or wanting a portable setup or whatever. So I picked the top five in each category and then uh, kind of give a quick overview, um, show how much they cost, and link to reviews and that sort of thing. 
and then uh, just kind of put it up there and with a bunch of tips for how to choose the right controller for you and, and that sort of thing. Well, that was a great resource, and that was my most popular page for um, a good year, year and a half. Well, I've uh, my entire purpose with that was to keep updating it, and uh, it's about due, so probably overdue. So I'm going to be posting a 2015 update of my Ultimate Guide to DJ Controllers in the next month or so. Um, as I post this, it's beginning of July, so... Uh, mid-year 2015 that's a pretty good time to update it so a lot has changed in two years in the uh in the world of dj controllers um it doesn't take long man this this stuff is uh the technology is improving the market's huge there's a lot of you know companies doing r&d into different things and the controller uh you know the, the the climate for buying dj controllers is a lot different than it was even two years ago so it's time for an update i've been working very hard on it um, and I think that you will really appreciate this version of the guide because it is uh, a lot easier on the eyes. The old one was kind of ugly. It was very functional, very helpful, but it, it just wasn't very pretty to look at. Uh, it was a little disorganized, so I'm trying to make it a little bit more pleasing to use and that sort of thing. And, of course, this will be available for free at PassionateDJ.com. Spent uh, about a week in a lake house in Tennessee that... We, uh, we go to a couple times a year. It's kind of a shared family type of deal. I've, you guys have heard me talk about it before. In fact, I recorded, I believe it was our New Year's episode from the lake house. And whenever I go there, it's uh, my family's on vacation, but I tend to be on a workcation. So I always try to get caught up on all the passionate DJ stuff that uh, I may not have had a chance to do recently. So that's one of the things that I'm working on is that ultimate guide. Um, another is just getting to a point where these podcast episodes will come out at a regular interval that you are all used to. You know that it's going to come out. Uh, what I'm shooting for is every other Monday. So that just requires me to get ahead of it a little bit. And so that's one of the things I'm working on. We're actually going back in about a week or so. And I'm going to take as much time as my family will allow me to get away with and make it so that you guys are getting a new episode at least every two weeks, and then possibly in the future we'll crank it up even higher from there. So lots of great stuff I'm working on for Passionate DJ. I uh, just want to make sure I create a lot of great resources for you guys, and I would love to hear what you guys think of the changes that I'm making, uh, the the content I'm creating, and you know, am I helping you? What are your struggles? What uh, What are you running into in your DJ career that you're having trouble with, you've hit a roadblock, you know, maybe you're feeling jaded, or maybe you just don't know where to go next, maybe you're a new DJ, and uh, you just don't know how to proceed. Well, that's what this podcast is for, and if you have specific questions along those lines, you can actually ask them to me, and uh, all you have to do is go to passionatedj.com slash ask, A-S-K, and you can leave me a message, preferably a voicemail, so I can hear your voice, and we can put it here on the podcast, and we can hear what you sound like. And But uh, you could also just send me a message, and I will address your question on the podcast if I know the answer. And if I do not, um, I will make it my duty to track that answer down for you, because uh, the whole point here is we're all trying to learn together. You know, I'm, I'm learning right along with you guys, and any time that I need to track down an answer for you guys, a lot of times I'll learn something as well. So 
it doesn't pain me to do it at all. So send in those questions. I do have a comment from uh, one, you know, we mentioned the VIP list earlier. And by the way, if you would like to sign up for the Passionate DJ VIP list, it's just my free sort of newsletter that I send to my most valued readers and listeners. I send helpful hints, tips, stories, uh, bits of inspiration, and the occasional announcement of some awesome resource that I've created or found. And, uh, you know, not real spammy, nothing like that, but if you would be interested in getting more content from me, this is all exclusive stuff that doesn't get posted to the blog necessarily or the Facebook group. So go ahead and get to PassionateDJ.com and go to the sidebar on the right, and you can sign up in within 30 seconds. You will be signed up for the VIP list, and I would love to have you. But anyhow, this comes from Alan from the VIP list, and he says this. I've loved music ever since I can remember, and always wanted to dabble with DJing. In my mid-twenties, I was always the one amongst my friends playing songs and downloading music that I loved to share. For whatever reason, it took me until now, almost four years later, to finally materialize my love for music, and decide to buy some decks and learn the craft of DJing. I'm now 30 years old, and my sense of time has changed, and especially what I do with it. After I got my decks, there were times of frustration and YouTubing for tips and advice. But, as you said, stay the course. Each day, I feel I've opened a new world of possibilities by solving or learning one problem, but running into another. It's this discovery of art and expression that I love and has made DJing become such a personal experience for me and pushes me on. Your email was refreshing and gives me hope, because I didn't start to DJ because everyone else is doing it. I'm doing it because I love music and believe in this journey I've chosen to commit to. I appreciate your emails and the opportunity to read into your thoughts. Really appreciate that comment, Alan. Thank you very much. Now, I do have some actual questions that I've kind of pulled from various places. Um, This first one comes from Alexander Sukaki. He says, hi, I like mixing Deep House and Future House. I'm a beginner. I'm also from Romania, a country which doesn't have a big house scene. Most parties are with Deep and Tech House, so what should I do? Start doing Deep House music or Future House? And I need one more piece of advice, Ableton or FL Studio. Okay, Alexander. So, first things first. Your message confuses me a little bit. Now, I realize that you're from Romania, and in fact, a lot of my questions come from people who, you know, don't have English as a first language, so I always want to make sure that I've got the questions correct, because, you know, I can't always tell, you know, what what your history is with DJing and that sort of thing, so I'm a little bit confused because you say that Romania, where you're from, doesn't have a big house scene, but then you say most parties are with Deep and Tech House, uh, right in the next line. To me, that sounds like you've got a house scene. So perhaps your uh, your view of house is different than mine. I consider deep house, tech house, just subsets of house music. But to get to your actual question, so what should I do? Start doing deep house music or future house? Uh, listen, it doesn't matter. Um, I wouldn't even attempt to start pigeonholing yourself. Uh, in other words, don't go with what you think you should do as far as... Uh, what I or anybody else tells you, or anything like that. Um, I feel like you should do, you know, this is passionatedj.com, and I think if you're going to be a passionate DJ, then you should 
DJ the type of music that you're passionate about. So what kind of music really just speaks to your soul or gets you excited or is your therapy or is your what is it that you just put on your headphones when you get home from a long day of work or whatever it is and it just takes you away from all the problems that you're having or makes you want to dance or makes you feel good take that music and use that as the core of your sound that you're trying to make and then give yourself liberty to expand beyond that core sound Um, You never want to get too stagnant and just get stuck in one particular sound necessarily. At least a a lot of people don't because that's a good way to get burnt out or bored or um, at the very least to not really develop as a DJ. I think it's important to kind of try to incorporate other types of music, other sounds, different kinds of beats, different kinds of melodies. Try to bring these things into the fold while still maintaining your core sound. And I think that that's really the path to being a good, versatile DJ. Um, But really, it comes down to what is it you're interested in playing? You know, this is your game. This is your decision to make. And it's about finding the audience that you can play that to. And if you think that the music that you want to play is not what's going to resonate with the people in your local scene... I would then try to find the common ground between what you want to play and what they want to hear. Try to find that balance. Go a little maybe back and forth. Find a common ground. See how that you can how you can um, relate to your audience that you're playing to, and then make that part of your sound. And and honestly, as for me personally, a lot of people in my scene know me as a deep house DJ, but. I really go kind of all over the, I guess, quote-unquote, underground EDM spectrum. I play Deep House, I play Tech House, I play Techno, I play, you know, New Disco and and R&B edits, and I, I mean, I play all kinds of different things, but I incorporate those into my kind of core Deep House and Techno sound. I, I just branch out a little bit, and it all becomes part of my David Michael sound, not just a deep house sound, if that makes sense. So, you know, this is going to be something that's developing over the course of years. You know, I've been doing this for around 10 years, and I still feel like I'm developing my sound. And I kind of don't ever want to feel like I'm not developing my sound. I think that's part of the joy of being a DJ and, uh, you know, finding new ways to express myself through music and to find, you know, common interest with different types of audiences so that would be my advice is to go with your heart um, or you know do a little bit of all of it kind of go around this is kind of a meta version of crowd reading try different types of sets different types of songs in your sets and see what people seem to react to positively and then you've got a baseline so that would be my advice now on your second question ableton or fl studio this is pretty ambiguous but Whichever one you like, um, they are both very functional tools. And now we're we've kind of switched into producing now instead of DJing. But since I do also do some music production, in fact, I was I was producing before I was even a DJ, and that's what got me into this. Um, I'm a long term FL Studio user personally, um, but I love Ableton and I love the workflow. I just I didn't I practically grew up 
using FL Studio back when it was little more than a beat making machine. So it's just what I know really well, and I don't ever feel held back because I don't know how to do something. And that's really what it's going to come down to is whichever software resonates with you. It doesn't have to be these two. It could be Sonar or Pro Tools or Reaper or Reason or any other you know number of pieces of studio software, Logic. Uh, spend a little time with Logic. You know, it's one of those things that uh, you'll find a workflow that just kind of clicks and you'll run with it. So what I would suggest, uh, for instance, in the case if, if you're trying to decide between Ableton and FL, Ableton Live and FL Studio specifically, what I would do is then get the free demos. Both of those products have a free de- demo available, um, which I believe is... They're mostly fully functional. I know at least in the FL stu- case of a FL Studio, they're fully functional. You just can't save your projects or something like that. Um, but you can export the uh, the results into a WAV file. So you really can get a, a good feel for either one and just see which one clicks for you. So that's what I would do, Alexander, and I hope that you find that helpful. I have another question from Prasad Garat, and this was a comment on my Ultimate Guide uh, to become uh, how to become a DJ. Now, this is currently my most popular article on the site, and it is a basically soup to nuts, start to finish, but very top level. In other words, it's not real, real specific in any one area. It's it's just kind of a general overview from start to finish how to become a DJ. Um, and there's uh, seven or eight steps, and it tells you, you know, in order without getting too crazy in any one aspect, how to become a DJ. So if you're still a little bit lost and not sure how to proceed, that might be a good read for you. Uh, So I would just go to passionatedj.com and go to the Ultimate Guides and find the one that says how to become a DJ. And I would love to know your thoughts and if it was helpful to you and if you think that I could make any improvements because that's also an ever-evolving guide on the site and I want it to always be a great resource so go check that out let me know what you what you think and if you uh, had any feedback on that so anyway Prasad says hey David this article was very helpful and inspiring I read it thoroughly and it's awesome thank you he says I've been into DJing for a few months and also made an account on Mixcloud Response over it seems satisfactory. I'm doing great using Virtual DJ 8, and I'm also learning to produce EDM music. It seems tough right now, but I'm pushing myself harder. I'm going to complete my engineering degree very soon, and I wish to study more in this field of music. Can you mention some courses which can be done in this field? Also, what more can I do so that I can be noticed as a DJ? I give as much time as I can since I'm in my last year of studies. DJing is my passion now, and I don't want to drop my passion. Can you help me with your expertise? So currently, I do not personally offer any courses, though that's something I've been putting a lot of thought into because I've been getting multiple emails a week uh, recently of people asking either for personal training or courses and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm hearing your cries. So those of you, if you're one of those people that has emailed me, um, that's not something I'm currently putting together, but is something that's kind of brewing in the back of my mind. But I do know a couple of good resources for you that you might want to check out, Prasad. Uh, the first is by Casey Lane, who's a friend of 
passionate DJ. She's been on a few times. She runs a site called The DJpreneur, and she's been working on uh, something called The Dojo, which is like a membership site that you can sign up for and get a lot of courses. And it's uh, based around the idea of turning your DJing into a money-making venture and and, um, becoming a person of business when it comes to your DJing career. Um, So she is the person I would recommend for that. And she's a great teacher. She's a super nice girl. And I think that you can really find some value in the stuff that she's creating right now. As far as actually getting started with the, say, technical aspects of DJing, learning how to beat match and uh, just kind of learn how to use a DJ controller and all that kind of thing if you're um, starting at the very beginning, I really wouldn't have to go any further than digital DJ tips. Um, If you go to, that's uh, Phil Morse. He does some really great courses. I've taken one or two of them because he and I have talked before, and um, I was an affiliate for Digital DJ Tips, and I was trying to maybe see if I wanted to promote some of his courses because I I thought they were really good. So uh, he's doing some really great stuff. He's got master classes for all kinds of stuff. Um, so you might check out Digital DJ. Did let me try that again. DigitalDJTips.com has a whole a whole heap of great great courses that you can take. When I get some put up, you guys will definitely be the first to know on Passionate DJ Podcast and uh, definitely VIP listers out there. You'll probably know about it before anybody else. So uh, that is something that I am thinking about as well, but just haven't gotten around to yet because I've, I've got some more great resources I want to create for the site and other things I want to focus on. So we will get to that. Um, your other question, let's see... What can I do? What more can I do so that I can be noticed as a DJ? I give as much time as I can since I'm in my last year of studies. So personally, my recommendation is to be well. First of all, it's going to depend on what kind of DJ that you want to be. And I tend to to speak from the perspective of somebody who is, let's say, involved in a local nightlife scene, playing nightclubs. Um, you know, you mentioned EDM, so I'm assuming that you're you're playing dance music-oriented shows, and you probably have some kind of local scene that you're trying to be involved with or already, already are. And my best advice when it comes to that is to make yourself a resource to your own scene. So what I mean by that is, rather than just trying to score gigs over and over and over again, become involved with the events that are already happening in any way that you can. You know, offer to work the door if you're a very, you know, social person and you're good at that type of thing, uh, interacting with, with strangers. Um, you can offer to play warm-up slots. You can offer to carry equipment or set up or any, any of that kind of stuff. Promote. Promoters love people who promote for them. So they typically will notice if you're sharing their posts and images and and Instagram, you know, photos and all that kind of stuff that promoters like to share to try to build buzz for their events. So make yourself involved. Uh, Don't be pushy. Don't go in expecting any immediate results or anything like that. But just make yourself useful and make yourself seen so that, uh, you know, people know that you're involved in this local scene that you have. If you are one of these people that kind of goes out or stays in and then comes out to the occasional 
big name show or something like that and then never comes out, never helps out with anything, never shows up for the locals, any of that stuff, you're a lot less likely to get noticed by promoters who will potentially book you in the future. Um, another thing you can do along those lines is to, uh, you know, perhaps you don't live somewhere where there is any kind of scene or night that you're interested in being involved with. You could start your own. If you're good at event planning and, and that sort of thing, create your own, start your own night. And this is kind of what I, how I got involved in promotion in the first place is because at the time I didn't have anywhere to play or anywhere to really even go out and listen to this kind of music. And so I started my own night. And uh, a lot of people do this, and, and that's a really good way to get involved. So that would be uh, my – I mean, there, there are a number of answers to this, Prasad, and it's hard for me to, to just pick any one about how, how can I be noticed more. But if I had to give one piece of advice, is that's to make yourself valuable because people notice when you help them, when you provide uh, some positive influence to them or their audience or their show – you do that more than once or twice, and then they know who you are. So that's where I would start on that. I hope that is helpful for you. I have another comment on that ultimate guide. This is from Jack Clift. He says, Amazing article, man. I'm brand new to the DJing scene. I'm 15 years old and struggling to get my head around everything. How long does it take on average to get your head wrapped around the decks and start creating mixes? Thanks. Uh, Jack, that's uh, one of those questions that's going to be different for everyone. But if the so your question is how long how long does it take on average to get your head wrapped around the decks and start creating mixes? Well, you could start creating mixes on day one if you want. So I don't know how specific you're of an answer you're looking for, but I'd say most people at least can put together a fairly functional set within six months or a year of them deciding that they want to become a DJ. Now, you can record something right now if you want, but I'm talking about, okay, you have an idea of you want to introduce your sound and then you want to build and maybe have a little peak and then come down and then an outro and then you record all of it and you put it together, you tag it and you put it on your mix cloud or sound cloud or whatever you've got and to have it be more than just a series of mashed together songs, I'd say give it a year and you'll be, as long as you're staying up with it, um, you're reading PassionateDJ.com <laughs> and you're just trying to become a better DJ the whole time, what I would suggest is to start recording yourself all the time. Um, just start, you know, make sure you've got some hard drive space. I'm assuming you're using some DJ software. Um, if not, you can get personal recorder or or run a uh, an adapter with a an audio cable into your laptop sound card or something but figure out how to record yourself and just do it all the time and then uh, so record you know say hour-long sets uh, depending on what kind of music you're doing I mean an hour long might be a little much if you're doing you know a scratching and cutting and and that sort of stuff but me coming as a house and techno DJ I kind of think in terms of the hour-long set when it comes to recorded mixes so but anyway record some set and then you know give it a couple days don't even listen to it and then come back to it in a couple days a week whatever put some headphones on or whatever and listen to it and don't don't do anything else i mean wait until you have 
uh, have some time to be very analytical and just listen to your own set, you'll probably, if you're like me, you'll be pleasantly surprised because anytime I've ever done this, when I'm recording a set and I know I'm recording it and I'm trying to make a demo or it's it's for some project, I'm always just a little bit nervous that I'm going to screw up because I'm recording it all live. And usually when you're in the moment, in the mix, and you know doing the actual tweaking of the EQs and moving the fader around and all that stuff, and you're listening so intently in your headphones, when you're going through it, you know what you're doing quote-unquote wrong as it's happening. And you're listening so intently that you can... It seems like you're just screwing up all over the place, especially if you're kind of a perfectionist. You're like, oh, I should have just, I should have moved that fader up just a little bit more slowly, or oh, I should have cut that bass, you know, one bar earlier, or that sort of thing. And so by the time you're done recording, you just kind of feel like, man, I'm going to have to re record it. You'll be surprised if you go back and listen to it in a couple days. You might think, wow, this actually turned out really good. When you're just listening to it as, a project or a piece of music you can more focus on wow this song really goes well with this song and that sort of thing and it becomes part of the bigger picture and you don't necessarily hear all those things that you thought were problematic in the beginning now if you still hear them and they grate on you say that you had a mix and it was just jumbled up and you got that you know the shoes in the dryer sound Okay, yeah, you, you probably actually just messed up and don't want to keep that and post that anywhere. But what you might find is that either you'll find little subtle things that you want to change or more kind of, let's say, big picture things like, oh, I really wish that um, I would have made the peak of my set, the most energetic part. I wish I would have made that happen 10 or 15 minutes later. It would have really been more effective or that sort of thing. It lets you analyze that from a different place, whereas when it's really fresh in your mind, if you listen to it right away, all you're going to hear are all those little tiny things that you think are mistakes that you probably won't even hear in a couple of days, if that makes sense. So definitely start recording yourself and start listening. That will definitely get you on the path to getting better at it. And uh, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for writing in, and I hope that you have a great journey building your DJ career. So thank you, Jack. One more question. This is from Kyle. This is also from the VIP list. And Kyle says, do DJs practice their set before they go up on stage? That way, when they do go up on stage, there'd be no mistakes. I think that would make sense, because how can a DJ know what tracks to mix in? How would they know if it would mix well or not? Like you, for example, what do you do? Do you just go up there hoping every everything goes well? All I know is I'd be practicing a set, finding out what tracks mix and which ones don't. Kyle, great question. Um, do DJs practice their set before they go up on stage? Uh, well, there are many different kinds of DJs and many different personality types so i can't give one overarching answer as to whether or not djs in general practice a specific set before they go up on stage some do and for a lot of djs it makes sense and is even necessary because uh let's take oh for example uh, a turntablist like vect who we've had v-e-k-k-e-d who we've had he's a world champion and he's just 
a badass turntablist. I don't even know what to say about him. But yeah, he obviously practices his set because he's doing tricks and creating the almost these live remixes with turntables and, and stuff on the fly. And he's creating a routine. And it's it's stuff that would be pretty much impossible to put together because he's got certain samples that follow other samples and, you know, call and response kind of things. And you've, he's got cue points marked on his records and stuff. So, you know, it depends on what kind of show we're talking about. Um, if you're doing a nightclub kind of thing, it kind of goes either way. My personal recommendation is to practice DJing, not to practice a set if that makes sense, because this kind of implies that, and, and you kind of bring this up in your in your uh, third sentence, uh, how can a DJ know what tracks to mix in? That's the thing that separates you as a good DJ or a great DJ, which uh, that leads really well into our main topic today. I mean, that's what the DJ is supposed to do, is in the moment, decide what is the appropriate musical choice for that moment for that crowd and for that venue and if you are following a static playlist somewhere like a nightclub a bar really anywhere that's not a pre-built performance or contest kind of thing you really should have a music collection that you know well and try to build the experience of crowd reading so that you can adjust and pivot your set towards whatever is working for that crowd. Like I said, I would practice DJing, but not practice a specific set. Um, One thing that I did the other day, I had a fashion show that I was supposed to play. And um, I've played these shows for this person for a number of years. And historically what I've done is I played kind of loopy, instrumental, catwalk, uh, like house music, but kind of pumping, you know, uplifting, the kind of thing that you stereotypically think of catwalk music. But I was I was keeping it almost in the background. There were no real vocals, nothing to catch the attention, no tempo changes, because I thought that that was what was necessary and desired by the the person throwing that event, was to not make it necessarily about the music, but to use the music to enhance the night. Well, after doing some reviewing of some of the footage shot at the fashion shows and stuff, we came to find out that they were getting bored. The the models were they just didn't really know what to do. The tempo never changed and it was hard for them to get into it. And so we all kind of went, "Aha." Um and we never really realized this before. So this last time I decided I was going to change it up entirely. I I I didn't even go to my uh, fashion show playlist that I have where I kind of had some stuff pre-selected and some loops built and stuff so that I could grab things quickly. I kind of threw all that out and started over entirely. I did some quick fades that did tempo changes and uh, lots of vocals, lots of more in-your-face, some recognizable stuff to you know make people smile and start tapping their feet and that sort of thing, and it really worked out, but... I'm not used to playing fashion shows that way. I'm used to having, you know, these smooth, blended, long transitions and everything and just fading the music out when a segment was over. So I was like, how can I practice this? So I went to my decks and I just started, 
I would play for 20 or 30 minutes, and then I would imagine at random times that the announcer was coming on and I needed to bring the music down. So I would bring it down, and I would imagine they're talking for 30 seconds or so. And then I would transition in, into some completely other ki- type of music, and I would... I was basically throwing myself under the bus, making myself think on my toes as if I were playing in front of a real crowd. I did that the night before, and when I got there, everything went great. It was basically exactly what I expected, but there were a handful of songs, four or five, that when I got there, I immediately was happy that I was not following a specific playlist because, I don't know, there's there's a difference between planning a set at home and then getting to the venue, even if you've played there a thousand times, the vibe is not always what you think it is. The crowd's not always what you think it is. And uh, there are four or five songs that would have been way too in your face, way too high energy, and then a couple that were just way too slow and wouldn't have been able to walk to that I just imagined differently in my head until I got there. And that's what the DJ is supposed to do. The DJ is supposed to have that sort of be able to pick up on those sort of things to know what to play and sometimes more importantly what not to play so what do i do uh i do i just go up there hope see do you just go up there hoping everything goes well uh kind of (laughs) yeah but you do you do follow that with all i know is i'd be practicing a set finding out what what tracks mix and which ones don't now that is a great idea and you should you should always be doing that Uh, Just mixing different tracks together, finding ones that work together, maybe ones that mix harmonically, maybe ones that are very different but transition well together so that if you're wanting to shift your set into a different direction or a different tempo, you know you've got these kind of tracks to act as as, uh, tools to get you where you want to go. So overall, like I said, practice DJing, don't practice sets unless you're building a routine uh, for performance, you know, like doing a... A scratch routine or something like that so hopefully that was helpful for you kyle um, and that's a great question to lead into our main topic i know we're already about 40 minutes in uh, so we're not going to spend too much time on it i wanted to make sure i addressed all your questions because uh, it's, we've had a bit of d- delay since the last episode so uh, but we're talking about going from good djing to great djing and in the previous question kyle we talked about a little bit about crowd reading and making decisions on the fly. Uh, What we're really talking about there is empathy. Empathy is basically being able to relate to the others around you and being able to kind of feel what they're feeling or at least know what they're feeling within reason. I mean, you know, we're just DJs. We're not psychics, right? But uh, empathy is one of those things. It's basically, I consider it the basis of crowd reading. And if you can't tell what people are feeling, the easiest way to do that is to change something and gauge their reactions. So a lot of times what I do when I'm playing, when I'm DJing, you know, I might add some other little little element. I don't want to go too crazy because I don't want to jar anybody. But maybe I'll just add some kind of hi-hat to the mix that's just a little bit different or some just slamming bass line out of nowhere or some new element I'll add to the mix, but I'll look up. And this is what so many DJs mix. Or, I'm sorry, miss, not mix. Uh, So many DJs miss. They forget to look up. 
and see what the crowd is doing at those critical moments. You know, a lot of times DJs will they'll play one set and they'll put their headphones on, they'll look down at the mixer or whatever they're using, controller, CDJs, and they'll they'll look down, they'll mix intently, they'll be listening, making sure they get that perfect seamless transition, they'll close their eyes or whatever. And then when they're in the kind of meat and potatoes of the song after the transition's over, they maybe select the next track, or may, then maybe they'll look up, celebrate, and do a little fist pump or whatever it is that that particular DJ likes to do. But what I like to do is actually look up and observe the crowd while I'm making changes. See who's noticing, if anyone, or is what I'm doing too sudden for them? Was that jarring? Did they not like this? Or did they hear that new bass line and immediately start dancing just a little bit harder? Did a new person jump on the dance floor or did somebody leave? You know, and it's it's usually very subtle clues that you're looking for, but they really add up. The most critical moments for those are when you're adding or subtracting something to your mix, and that's when a lot of DJs aren't paying attention. So... In the path of going from good DJing to great DJing, I wrote a post a week or two ago called The Five Traits Shared by Great DJs. Okay, so empathy was number one on that list. And I'm basically, I'm going to go through these five traits and explain what they are and why I think they make for a great DJ. But if you would like to read the original article, you can find that in the show notes of this episode of the podcast, which you can get by going to passionatedj.com forward slash 019 for episode 19. So trait one, empathy, very important, very critical to crowd reading. Try to feel what your crowd's feeling instead of forcing your sound on them or forcing your mood on them. It's more about finding common ground. You know, what are they feeling? What are they expecting to hear tonight? And how can I provide that to them and be true to my sound and what it is that I do? So trait one, empathy. Now trait number two uh, has more to do with Prasad's question we talked about earlier when he asked what more he could do so he could be noticed as a DJ. Uh, trait two is helpfulness. Now some people might be kind of questioning that, you know, well what does being helpful have to do with being a great DJ? Well, Great DJs are made by communities, in my opinion. I mean, they're made by the person, by the DJ themselves, but they are enabled by a community. Whether that's your local scene or some online audience that you've built for, you know, maybe you've got a radio show or a podcast of your own, that sort of thing. When you, like we talked about earlier, make yourself a resource to other people that have common interests to you, it's interesting not only will they help you out and uh, it might help you advance your career whether that's getting new gigs or getting help with something or finding a mentor or something but it tends to just make you a better DJ because it's giving you a different perspective or a number of different perspectives on the scene at large so when you're providing help in ways that maybe you've never helped before or is a little out of your norm you know maybe you've never worked the door for an event before or that sort of thing uh, maybe somebody needs help picking up equipment or whatever it provides all these different perspectives that really just help you become a more well-rounded dj and also 
it kind of shifts your focus into the the event at large rather than what am I going to do with the next hour or the next two hours from a music perspective. Um, it helps you build the night, and I think that the best nights are the ones where, you know, as far as a night out goes or a show, they're the ones where everyone works together for the greater good of the night and not just kind of selfishly thinking about their own time slot or their own little job. So trait two, I would definitely say helpfulness. If you're a helpful person, basically, uh, you know, what problems are are you solving for your scene? I think this is a great way to get yourself on the path to becoming a great DJ. Trait three I mentioned was persistence. Uh, the overnight success when it comes to DJing uh, is way less common than people would like you to believe. Um, it's it almost doesn't exist. There's you know most quote unquote overnight successes. You know people don't see the five or ten years previously that they were just slaving away and busting their hump to get to where they are, and then maybe they had a big break, and so it looks like they were overnight success, but that almost never happens. And so what's more important is constant delivery of great sets great recordings, interacting with your audience, uh, whether that's in person or online, you know, that sort of thing, and constantly looking for new opportunities, new gigs and new places, trying to expand, you know, maybe geographically, play in other places, and constantly delivering great stuff. You know, so many young DJs, they get into this thinking that within a year they're going to be playing festivals and people are going to be worshiping them. And that just, you're joining a pool of literally thousands of other people who think the same thing. And uh, the math doesn't work out. So the better path to success is being willing to constantly grind it out for a while because just like, you know, all things worth having, it's one of those things that you've really got to work for and it takes years. You know, I've been in this for 10 years and I'm not headlining any big festivals and uh, I'd never really had any delusions about that. But so many people do and I think that this is a problem that hangs a lot of people up because it's discouraging when you think that you're going to be doing, you know, these huge things within 6 or 12 months and it hasn't happened. A lot of people just quit. Uh, which is fine because if that's if that was your only motivation was the you know instant overnight popularity contest then uh, perhaps this wasn't the hobby for you but it's one of those things where if you just have a constant delivery of great quality DJ sets and constantly helping people constantly showing up to events and helping out making yourself a presence over the long term this is one way to go from just a good DJ to a great DJ. Now, that leads into trait four, which is patience. It's basically the the other side of the coin to persistence because you kind of require patience to be persistent, right? So, you know, this takes years. Many people think that it takes weeks and it doesn't, and that's discouraging. So to become a great DJ, you just got to wait and constantly you know, develop your craft instead of just expecting it to come to you. And I think a lot of people just assume that if they've done their time, then they should be doing, they should be better off than they are as far as the gigs that they're getting, the money they're making, or whatever their goal is. But sometimes you just got to wait. And 
sometimes you got to wait for a long time. And so that's where passion comes into this whole thing. Because if you're passionate about it, you're enjoying yourself the whole time anyway. So it's really, if you're having fun, it doesn't seem like work. It's one of those sort of things. But you really do need to wait some things out. But don't wait idly. You know, this kind of ties in with traits two and three, being helpful and persistent. Constant delivery, that's what we're talking about, of good music and helping your scene and making yourself a presence, making yourself known, and then just waiting for those opportunities. And then when they present, executing on that, jumping on those opportunities and not being afraid to take them and maybe get a little bit out of your comfort zone. So, so far, empathy, helpfulness, persistence, patience. And then trait five is adaptability. So this is your ability to not have to get stuck playing one type of music, playing one type of, one specific energy level, one kind of venue, one kind of show. This is being open-minded and not compromising I don't want you to get into DJing because you want a certain thing and then to completely become something else. So, for example, say that you want to become a uh, an amazing scratch DJ. If you have no interest in playing weddings, don't play weddings. Or vice versa. You know, if you want to become... If you want to build a DJing business, a mobile DJ business, and that's what you're interested in, then there's no point in learning certain other aspects of... DJing. At the same time, it's one of those things to where if you if you dab, dabble your toes into this side and dabble your toes into that side and kind of gain all these different DJing perspectives, it makes you so much more uh, well-rounded and versatile. And a versatile DJ is a valuable DJ because most DJs aren't. Most DJs kind of get stuck in their little niche uh, whether that's, uh, you know, I play techno nights at blah, blah, blah club, and that's it. If that's what they want, then that's fine, but then they have no right to complain that they're not getting other types of gigs when they're not really being willing to adjust and adapt to different situations. So I like throwing myself under the bus. I play, when I play the fashion shows like I was talking about earlier, that's not my normal scene, you know, for what it is that I do. But it makes me a better DJ because, uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, I had to completely throw out my idea of uh, what it is for me to play those shows and start over. And it gave me a new perspective, which just gives me a whole new set of tools. You know, I learned new ways to mix for that show. I discovered new music that I liked from that show. I learned how to go from certain popular music into the kind of stepping catwalk tempo that would keep the pace going. So it's just, it. as a result of being adaptable and being willing to try other things, I think it's made me a better DJ overall. And I think that's really key. So empathy, helpfulness, persistence, patience, and adaptability is how you go from good DJing to great DJing. Now, I hope that you found this helpful, and I would like to end the podcast tonight with a post that I wrote that's called Quality Matters, in parentheses I've got lamentations for the quote-unquote good enough DJ. So this is a post I wrote a few months back, and I think it really kind of summarizes 
uh, what we're talking about today. And I'm going to end on this note. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful to you. And don't forget to go to passionatedj.com forward slash ask if you'd like me to address any questions for you. Um, I will gladly take them on for episode 20. So this is Quality Matters. If you're a DJ who is not chasing a great musical experience for his or her audience, I'm not sure what to tell you. If you're truly a passionate music fan, you already know which qualities to pursue. These qualities present themselves whenever you get the shivers, or get a huge smile painted on your face when you experience your own musical moment. The digital revolution has been constantly flipping the music industry on its head for years now. And what could be viewed as the most accessible way for new artists to share their craft is often formed into an excuse which explains their lack of success as a musician or DJ. I'd like to present the case that the best way to be a great DJ is by being a fan of great music. By having the empathy and intuition necessary to present your music in a way that showcases its greatness, you are creating context. You are forcing an interested listener to say, wow, I never heard it this way before. The music industry used to be restricted to the elite few who needed to be discovered. MP3, Broadband, YouTube, SoundCloud, P2P, Torrents, and Bandcamp changed all that. So now we get to hear every little half-assed piece of music that anyone had the motivation to hit record on. Back in the day, record label execs would check all of the required boxes of a song or album. Professional production? Check. Good presentation? Check. History of success, check. But nowadays, what you really want is to create something that will make your own community say, wow, this is good, check it out, so that a greater music community takes notice. We rarely have a music listening experience these days that's too far away from a keyboard. Word of mouth matters. Ironically, the complete availability and openness provided by the internet has caused good old-fashioned word of mouth to become as relevant as it ever was, if not more so. It's not enough to make good music or play good sets. You have to make great music and play great sets if your goal is fans. I mean fans of you, not fans of whatever trend you jumped on in a vain attempt to stay relevant. You owe it to your audience to wow them and not just try to serve their needs. Effort, craftsmanship, novelty, surprise, these things all matter and play an important role which is often largely dismissed. You might be tempted to say that all that crap doesn't matter. 95% of DJs will fail when attempting those things. But guess what? 95% of DJs are already failing. Even the samey, boring hits that seem to be cloned over and over in the EDM quote-unquote industry are enabled by the hit creators. At some level, quality is important regardless of what end of the industry you're on. In the DJing context, it's all about presentation, timing, and output but many view it as a simple lottery. It's like they think that there are a pool of thousands of DJs that all play the same music in the exact same right way, and a select handful are divinely chosen to carry the DJ torch among the masses. There is some truth in that, and it's not necessarily any different than any other style of music or art form. But people making these statements are typically looking at things like magazine polls, aka useless data sets which show the apparent popularity of today's hottest producers, and dismissing the DJs that have huge followings because they are actually good at DJing. 
If you're doing it this way, you really are playing the lottery. You're opting to say, I'm going to fall in line and do what Hardwell does, because he's number one and that's how you get there. Well, congratulations. You're saying the same thing that literally thousands of clueless DJ hopefuls are saying. Put your name in the hat. Or you could care. You could craft something because it needed crafting. A DJ should learn how to express themselves and play recorded music in an intriguing and unique way. Or they should start using their iPod instead. Now, in the original post, I linked to a Jazzy Jeff video where he's doing a routine and the crowd is just going wild. And I will link to that in the show notes. But I say, check out this Jazzy Jeff video. He's not being particularly obscure. In fact, in this six-minute clip, he plays recognizable hit after hit. But look at the vibe he creates. Look at the mixing decisions he makes. Look how he takes risks and covers so much ground in just this tiny clip and how the audience eats it right up. Jeff says, screw your top ten list. I've got something to say. Now, my mixing style is so different in comparison to his, and yet I can learn so much from watching it. Do you think this video would even exist if Jeff decided to constantly trend hop over the course of his career instead of staying true to his heart and doing what moves him? If you're a DJ who always latches on to the latest sound, it shows that you're good at identifying trends, but it says nothing about how good you are at finding an interesting way to present that music to an audience. This is a skill that's universal and quite rare. Quality is a feature that guarantees no level of success, yet it is almost an unwaveringly crucial to the long game. It's about building relationships with those treasured few who are willing to give you a slice of their most valuable asset, time. Being a functional DJ who latches on to a new musical trend may work for a while, but do you have the chops to do it with style? Do you have the chutzpah to carry on your sound when the trend inevitably wanes? The best DJs are just outright, to the bone, all-out music fans who have found effective ways to show why a piece of music is so great. Don't you want to be amongst them? Thank you all so much for being a part of episode 19 of the Passionate DJ Podcast, and we will see you next time. Listening to the Passionate DJ podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com/passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.